0: Phil, that was uh, Rabbi Rami Shapiro, Uh, I think people call him Rabbi Rami, uh, back on the show. And as you mentioned in the interview, he's not your your typical rabbi. He has a very different perspective, I think a very enlightened one, and uh, really a fascinating uh, fellow. Where where did you first meet him?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I know I interviewed him and um, profiled him in American Veda.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: but i uh, may have met him prior to that mm-hmm. can't remember, but we've been at conferences together and have hung out on a couple of
0: occasions and uh yeah goes back yeah it, it was interesting when he said he, he grew up in a modern orthodox family not sure exactly what that means i think i do and uh but he, <laughs> I he don't his, his, his his mother when he went to uh a reformed uh uh, uh rabbinical school his mother you know he could do no wrong but his father was kind of upset so you know he he's been sort of a, a maverick from the start but obviously very devoted to 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 what he does the other thing i thought yeah. was interesting and it'd be interesting for you to comment on it is when he said he gave a talk one time and these Labovich, these hasidic kids came in uh to hear him talk and afterwards they said hey you're saying uh, exactly what 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 uh, we're saying uh, but he, but then he said yes. <clears throat> Why aren't you one of us? And and then he responded, I uh, I I can't handle the lifestyle. And they said, yeah. We understand because yeah. it is uh, quite a um, uh, uh, a restrictive lifestyle. I think if oh my god, yeah, six hundred rules is, you follow. Yeah.
1: It's, the, it's the height of orthodoxy. It's very rule
0: oriented and
1: very um, self self contained and um, many ways uh, insulated.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, you know, most it's not a lifestyle <laughs> for right. many people, right down to how you one's supposed to dress. So you call a lot. It's not just a private thing. You call a lot of attention to yourself when you're out in public. And I remember growing up uh, in Brooklyn, you know, with my secular family uh, and even, you know, the secular Jews were, you know, sort of. Would make fun of the uh, Orthodox because of how they dressed and right. everything.
0: So, Yeah, that being said, I, I had a, uh, when I was in business, I had a business associate that I became very close with who was a uh, Lubavitch rabbi, that being a particular sect of uh, Hasidim, if I'm saying it correctly, who followed the uh, teachings really of the Rebbe. Uh, it was a very famous teacher and, and yeah. not nice, uh, wonderful people uh, to deal with. But yes, a, they live in a culture, a subculture within the main culture. And yeah. uh, they're very interactive, uh, uh, the are uh, very much in the world and acting and working and being very yeah. productive. But very much uh, strictly following what they believe right, is the lifestyle that was predicted for them.
1: It's interesting that, you know, that piece of it in Rami's story of them saying, you're saying what... W- what we do. So there's Rami was always Rami is uh very versed in and writes about the um mystical Judaism. Right. And and the Hasids have a strong mystical component and a very strong experiential and uh, you know orientation toward practice in in the many ways they practice. And so I could see where they would have a similar perspective, but it's the lifestyle and the um, probably, you know, Rami's very um, uh, eclectic in his spiritual pursuits. Um, He's openly talked about his um, background in Zen and his um, initiation into uh, Vedanta uh, Mm. lineage of Ramakrishna. Mm-hmm. and And so um you know he's he's got an expansive vision, and I don't know that they would be as inclusive right as right he, yeah, he, he
0: really I mean he, even we've had people like that, even within Catholicism, other areas of Christianity right that are are really uh, uh, on the periphery, not everybody would consider them uh, a member of the team, <laughs> even if they do and uh, but it's interesting i I've had a lot of friends. who grew up Jewish, but maybe not religious at all, they started meditating. In my case, most of them were TM people. And uh, after studying Vedic literature and practicing meditation for a number of years, a a lot of them became interested in in their own tradition. And and, uh, and, uh, most of them said, geez, when I really started looking into it, there was a lot of parallels between what I've learned or what's being taught in Judaism and Vedantic uh, uh, teachings. I, I've heard Christians and say the same sort of things as we oh, get sure. to the really sure core. Come. And and this is the thing, I think, that uh, uh, on our podcast on contemporary spirituality, I mean, as you get closer to the essence of whatever the teaching, uh, there's great similarity. And uh, it would be nice if in the world uh, there was a greater recognition of this, so uh, religion doesn't get a... Uh, a bad name it's gotten because it often leads to war between people <laughs> who feel threatened by other people's beliefs and on and on like that but that's that's uh historically the way yeah. it's been and hopefully we can shed some light on that because really when you get right down to it and you get deep into it uh, you, you're hearing the same teaching really as uh, and, and uh, the mystical side of Judaism <clears throat> has become as, as has the mystical side of Christianity uh, gotten more uh it's been more, more noticed and more written about it and more interest in it in it in the last uh you know 30, 30 years or so so
1: absolutely i mean what you're articulating is essentially the essence of um what's been called the perennial philosophy right the insight that at the deepest place in uh the experience that it, that religion brings you to Right at its best, um, is what the mystics right. wrote about, and that's where the commonality mm-hmm. of um, all the traditions uh, resides. It's certainly not in doctrine or dogma right. or in the you know, interpretations of history or uh, belief systems, truth claims, and all that, but in the direct experience. Most of mystics would be very uh, compatible with one another.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me let me ask you a question, Phil. If back in uh, uh, Brooklyn, where you were growing up and you were young, <laughs> if in the local synagogue they had a a rabbi like Rabbi Rami, would you have attended services or gotten involved? Do you think? <laughs>
1: well depending on how young i was if i was very young uh my parents would have discouraged me from going to any synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have known the difference right. necessarily but if i were a young adult you know making decisions of my own and i've heard you know uh, that there were uh rabbis like that i i would have been drawn to it just right. as i was drawn to right. uh the equivalent in the other religions. Although, right. you know, I've, I would have been like a lot of other people of our generation, probably more inclined to look at the um, teachings, the esoteric teachings of other traditions than the right. one of my ancestry, because I had, you know, certainly rebelled against it. I didn't even know there was anything like mystical Judaism. Right. Until long after so, I was, uh, you know, meditating and had discovered all the Eastern traditions. I was reading about Christian hmm. mysticism and Thomas Merton and you know, John of the Cross and all that before I even knew there was the, anything like that right. in Judaism. Well,
0: I, I grew up Catholic. I, went to, I didn't go to Catholic school, but I got the, the catechism and all this stuff. I went to a Catholic camp, the whole nine yards. And it wasn't until I was in my 20s and I started TM and I uh, I uh, helped teach a course on TM uh, at uh, at Thomas Keating's monastery, Trappist monastery. I didn't I never heard of the Trappist monks. I never heard of the Cistercians. I never heard of any <laughs> of that stuff. There was there was no sure. uh, teacher. another question. I'm curious. Back when you were a kid, growing up in the 50s and 60s in Brooklyn, what uh, was there? Uh, did Judaism Judaism in America have Reformed, Conservative, and Orthodox? Oh, sure, or yeah, so I that was always around. What? I
1: remember hearing all that stuff, but I didn't really know the difference. I just Mm -hmm. knew they existed. You know, Mm -hmm. my parents didn't pay much attention to any of it. Just that the Orthodox were weirder than the others, uh, (laughs) in their eyes. But you know, getting back to Rami and the book we were talking about, the Tao of Solomon. um, You know, his his take on Ecclesiastes it's fascinating to me because you know people you know who've always been drawn to that book if you have any familiarity with the bible especially because of the you know the folk song you know that the birds made you know for For every turn turn for every seat yeah yeah. uh for everything there's a season and all that so um i when we i knew we were going to interview rami i I took out a couple of bibles the King James and the uh, New American Bible and compared just a few verses to how he uh, wrote them up in that book and and it's it's radically different what he's done
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it, and so it's a really interesting thing for people to take a look at cuz he's really is pointing you toward a, a transformative experience rather than just a a philosophical or theological treatise.
0: Right. Well, he was a terrific guest. Uh, uh, I'd love to hear him talk in person sometime. And perhaps we'll have him on again. Why not? Yes. Why not? Well. He keeps writing books. We'll have him on every time
1: he publishes.
0: Right. And uh, (laughs) this this is being recorded in uh, mid-December 2018. You may be listening to this who knows when. Uh, it is a podcast after all. and But we wish everyone uh, a happy holiday for the season, whatever your tradition. And if you have no tradition, happy holidays anyway. And uh, and
1: happy new year.
0: And happy new year. And uh, yes. Uh, uh, and let's hope for a, a, a and uh, if you, if you need year. an
1: And if you need end of the year tax write-offs. Yes. Oh, wait, we're not a non-profit. A non-profit.
0: No, we might sorry. Be. We're, well, that's a decision we'll make in the new year. <laughs> But think about it. Think okay. about some way to support We our are activities. a
1: nonprofit because we don't make any Many money. Profit. But, yeah. We're, we're know,
0: truly, <laughs> truly a nonprofit, uh, okay. in, in, except legally. We're not uh, uh, registered as right. one. But uh, yeah, there's no profit here. <laughs> All right, Phil, till next okay, time. Man. Take care. Bye. Bye.